Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. I got the legendary, huh? Uh, if you want. We got the legendary big you in the building. How you feeling? I'm good. Um, blessed. Moving around, making noise. Yeah, 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 yeah. The pen is at work. Yesterday, I was really like watching the the whole hip hop uncovered. I finished the last five episodes because I had only seen the first one, and I'm like, man, this is a good job when I get to watch TV for five hours, and that's basically what I have to do to get my job done the next day. You just finished it. I had only seen the first one or two episodes prior. Everybody's like that. It's weird. You like, nobody's yeah. like they either seen one, two, three, and four. Mm. But no, and a lot of people haven't seen five and six, so they don't really? see the culmination. Mm. They only see the big you and the Jerry curl. So a lot of people was like, like, "I definitely wrote that down." I was like, "Man, that was a hell of a Jerry curl." <laughs> <laughs> My sister did a couple of those for real. Yeah, was there was a lot of maintenance with the Jerry curl. It backed in. Yeah, and then there was a lot of maintenance after you went over to somebody's house and sit on the couch. Mm. So it was a double maintenance job. I, I love the show just because it's fascinating to me that you've had this transformation throughout your life, but then it's even more fascinating that you were able to find a bunch of other people who all you could basically plot their life stories along like a very similar curve. So that was writing. That was actually being able to find. That was that was uh, um, really Malcolm Malcolm uh, Spellman mm. and Rashidi Harper, along along with uh, Obi. I can't say Obi's last name, but they were. It was like uh, we had a vision and we and I put it together. But they were actually the ones who actually helped go find and mush the stories together. Because mm. I couldn't even put the stories together. Right. You know what I'm saying? I could. I knew the stories, but to actually like go in and. Uh, um, see the correlation between the uh, Long Beach uh, um, uh, Civic Center right. and put everybody there at the same time. Uh-huh. That was Malcolm, um, Obi, and um, and, uh, I, I don't want to say our editor's, our editor's name wrong. Um, I'm sure I'll understand. Yeah, but that was that was a great team. But so who were you thinking, or like, how did this, this particular idea come out? Because you said that when you walk into those meetings that they'll talk to you for five minutes and they'll have like 15 different ideas. Yeah. So... Jimmy Chris was the first one who actually came up with the idea to do a show, mm. right? And he said he, he, he wanted my help. But he wanted to do a show about managers. Mm. And if, and you know Steve Lobel, my partner. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Steve did a show on managers. It was like people doing shows on managers. Then it was like, let's do one on security and, and, and on how security's life and behind the scenes. And so end up, we ended up doing that. But I kind of wanted to just not, not stay away from that. 
Because at the time that he came to me, I wasn't really in music. Mm. I was, you know, my my love and passion has always been film. Right. So um, um, I had went to, I called Corrupt. Mm-hmm. And I was telling Corrupt, bro, I'm going to come to your show. You know what I'm saying? Because I still was managing Corrupt. Mm-hmm. But I really was managing Veen Reigns and Tiny Lister. That was where I was really doing and doing shows. Which, full disclosure, I just saw Baby Boy for the first time. So he, his, he's yeah. been ringing in my head ever since I've seen that. And I know that's like criminal to have just seen it, but AD made me. <laughs> AD yeah. got in my ear and told me I had to. He told me he's seen Vincent. Mm, Melvin. I mean, Melvin. What when when, when he's doing the squat thing, fucking, yeah. fucking his mom, and he's doing the squat jump across the room. <laughs> My bro. Oh, fire. <laughs> yeah, you really just watched it. Yeah. It's fresh in my mind, yeah. But yeah, I was managing him, though. So I was managing. And, and where did that come from? And, and what, how It's did crazy you get how up with two him? works with another one. Okay. He was a Nipsey fan. Oh, wow. I actually, actually, he came through his daughter, who grew up with my son and went to Santa Monica High School, my oldest son. Uh-huh. And she was playing Nipsey. And she told Veen about Nipsey. Veen looked, reached out to find Nipsey. And then from that, me and him established a relationship. Uh-huh. And so when I stopped managing Nipsey, I started managing him. Right. And so I was managing him. I was booking him for shows. So by me putting him in shows, they would ask me about Mike Epps. They would ask me about all these different people. So I was booking them and making money. Mm. You know, and so I was doing that for like, shit, what, around about 10 years. Really? So I'm making money off, and you know what kind of money he was making off Mission Impossible. Oh, wow. So... I'm making money off doing the shows with him, and I'm then I'm getting credit in writing. So I ended up one of my biggest writing was Force of Execution, right? And it was with Veen Rain, Danny Trejo, and Steven Steven Seagal, and it's the first project Steven Seagal ever played a bad guy in. Oh wow! And that was shot for like seven million, and um, I acted in it. Uh, re- did the rewrites. I um, changed Veen's character all the way around to be Big U. He was really like playing mm. like he was me coming from prison right. versus Steven Seagal in the, in the drug business. And I kept him alive. They messed up and put his tattoos all in the wrong place. Wrong place. They wanted, <laughs> you know, they wanted all this other stuff. You know, they go, it was like a cinema on him. But, um, and then they was like, I remember when I was writing it and they was like, well, well, he doesn't die. And uh-huh. I'm like, what? Am I dead? Yeah. And they're like, well, no, you're not. I said, well, why should I kill myself? But in these kind of movies, this guy's supposed to die. No, only if you write the black guy dead. (laughs) Right. You know what I mean? Uh The black guy not dying in this movie, bro. Okay, I respect that. You know what I mean? Like, we die in every movie, and usually in the beginning. And the black guy didn't die in the end. Mm. So I fought him on that, and he was like, oh, well, you're right. You're still here. I'm like, yeah. So if you see it, Veen doesn't die. Right. He just disappears. And then in mine, I get beat up. We all get beat up. We got to let the white guys win. Oh. Is that, but, is that how this is? We had to let the white guys win. <laughs> what? Okay, this is what I want to know is what role, when you're involved in a film or, or a series now, what role, what, what does your actual role look like? Like, obviously, you're providing a lot of the inspiration, a lot of the ideas, but, like, how much do you get wrapped up in the in the weeds of all the different things that have to happen for this shit to happen? I write. I actually, like, it depends on what role I come in. Like, um, um, Kenya Ware is um, one of my homegirls, and I've been knowing her since she was a baby going to Westchester High School. She came up, let me show you how projects come to me. She came up with the idea to do a story on the Crips. Uh-huh. This was her idea birthed out of her brain, out of her mind. And she put her own money in to get in the pilot shot, and she got a script written. So she came to me like, like, bro, help me with this. 
And she's always come to me to help her with certain projects. So now I'm coming in because of my connection and being the fact that I've already done um, projects to add relationships. So, like, I got a relationship with Benny Boone. Right. I call Benny. I need you as a director. Well, and you probably shouldn't make a documentary about the Crips unless you got someone like you involved, right? It makes sense. Yeah, I it mean, makes a lot of it's sense. Gonna feel kind of bootleg otherwise, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, if not you, somebody, right. some someone credible. Exactly, and I mean, it makes sense. Mm. And so, I mean, you know, the steps are getting it made. So now we come in. Now I'm sitting down with the writers to get certain parts written correctly, and then we're gonna go in and get her and get the writers linked up with actual dudes from the east side who really know the story. But I think what people don't really get from me is the fact that I know how to tell a real story. Mm. So most of our people think a documentary is like a story. A documentary is only that. It only documents the truth or it documents facts as we know them. You know, mm. they can change. They can always change. But in telling a story, you need to be able to bring uh, um, your characters to life. Mm. And a lot of my homeboys don't understand that. They think, I'm just going to do this, I'm going to tell it. But it's not that. It's a little bit more. It's a lot more than that. Like, I got to be able to bring in this moment how you are, who your family is, what created you, what you think, and how you feel. Right. And I got to do the same thing with me. I got to do that with multiple characters to actually tell a real story. Right. And it's not like telling a documentary. Mm. And even in telling a documentary... You, you get to choose how you tell this story with the footage that you have. Exactly. Yeah. Or you can tell a documentary based off just the footage. Right. You can tell one documentary off a picture or multiple pictures. That's one thing I wanted to do is how involved were you in getting the old video footage and photos and just all these amazing assets that really helped tell the story and just, you know, it's such a window into like what L.A. was like 20, I'm, 30 I'm, years I, ago. I you, mean, you all up in that? I was, I was in, in it into... A certain extent I was only in it really really I was doing other projects so as far as I had minds to tell my aesthetics to get the aesthetics from who big you was right I already had film going back to 1984 uh -huh. and it's when you see me playing basketball so I already was in the mindset of our I've always wanted to tell stories right so I've always um, kept footage pictures and videos man my mother when I came home um, between my mother and my auntie man they I had boxes of VCR tapes. Mm. Out of all of that footage, only two of them last. Really? Holy oh. shit. Two of them. Man, I got Guiding Light, As the World Turned, Oprah Winfrey. Bro, I almost I then it cried when I went back and looked at these tapes and seen what was taped over them. It has oh, the homies first over meeting, a meeting, sentences get put on the hood, all of these <sighs> tapes that I had. I mean, going back from 1984, 85 with the big right. boom, boom camera. When it wasn't easy to just film everything. Man, bro, all of it's taped over. Yeah. And I'm like, is there any way we can like go salvage it? Is it a way to go back and read? And I, but so I've always wanted to tell stories. Mm. That's always been like, you know, my, my, um, Question is, how come you decide? Like, that's one thing I thought of while watching your shit is that Big U could have easily done a podcast, could have done a YouTube channel, could have really. There's a lot of ways to tell stories, but it's interesting that you've chosen to like go in a much higher production value route and to make this content that is like presumably going to last a longer test of time because it is so well made. It was timing. It was. It was. Um. Like I said, we started we started this project four years ago when Jimmy Chris came to me four years ago. Uh -huh. So I was working on a lot of other things, and it was it was pre-COVID. It was before Nipsey got killed. Um, so um, the timing 
it kind of hit at the same hit at the right time. Right. We started it two years, and then it just sat dormant. In between that time, I'm still working on movies. I'm still writing stuff. I'm trying to get produced. I'm still trying to get these are short films. I um I wanted to do what you done, and I'm still. At the time, Nipsey called me. I started back working. With, I started working with OSBS, uh -huh. and I was traveling with them. So I signed OSBS. I signed Criticali. So I'm, I'm in music when Nipsey calls me to come back. Mm. And so, um, right, right before Nipsey get killed, they called us about the project, Lightbox. Right. And they're like, "We want to do this. We want to do that." And I was really reluctant. To, to, at that point, I did it. Then I was thinking, like, no, nah, I'm back in music. Let me move like this. Then I, about a week later, Nip gets killed. Mm. So that kind of changed my attitude. And then about three weeks after that, they start this onslaught of big USM to do mm. with it. So then I'm like, wait a minute. Let me tell my story. So then it just started growing and growing and growing and growing. That, that got you on the path of thinking, my story needs to be out there and it needs right. to be clear because it's obvious how easy it is for motherfuckers to, to just twist shit up and come up with some crazy-ass narrative, you know? And, and, and we signed a deal. We had already shot it. We signed a deal, um, like I said, about, I want to say a month after he passed. He, we signed a deal and then he passed maybe two, three, two weeks to maybe a month. And I felt like, damn. I was I signed it, you know what I mean? Mm. So so we went on forward and I seen the first edit. We did some first edits, we went back and shot some stuff. And when I seen it, I was like, oh shit, this is brilliant. Mm. Like I wanna do this. So then we stepped back in and and I and I and we have another meeting with Jonathan at Lightbox and I say, I wanna take it in this direction. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? But then I was looking at what I was greatly influenced by was how people were being wronged. Mm. You know how how stories can get out there that's so far from the truth mm. on how things happen, and they become they take on lives of their own, mm. and you never really get to see how a person does. Like people thinking I was somewhere in pain, wishing I was in music. Mm. You know what I mean? Like this shit was so far from the truth because I'm making a lot of money doing shows right. and music. Which you knew, you know what I'm saying? But it would have to be in mm. the hip-hop West Coast scene to know that I'm definitely not trying to get in music. But I, it's so interesting because on one hand, you're saying that you were perfectly happy just working on the music shit, but then... No, I was it, only doing concerts. Right. I wasn't doing music. Mm. I was only doing... I was doing concerts and shows. Like, I did I did two concerts a year. I did a developing option show, and that was one of my main shows. Then I booked artists. Okay. I would book... I could book Quavo... Uh, 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 these are relations like I booked T.I. Anytime these guys, certain ones came to the West Coast, they went through me. What kind of discount does an artist have to give up when Big U's the one booking them? I don't give a discount. Okay. That's how you don't get a call back. <laughs> right. I don't look for discounts. Mm. Only time I look for a discount for artists if I'm giving them cash. Mm. That means I might bring them cash off the books. I think most of the artists would be happy about that. What? <laughs> the reason why they call me. You know what I mean? Oh, you mean the government doesn't get to take Hello? 50% of this? Okay. So what, what most people was thinking and saying that I was pressing artists who getting off the getting off the plane is so far from the truth. Mm. So it only took an artist to deal with me to realize oh, I'm keeping it 100. But isn't it crazy how you could have this whole career and it's like any, especially with you, just because of your history, any little bit of of gangster shit That's will like it. poison the well, and it'll become the narrative. And everything that you've done professionally gets kind of erased. All of it. Mm. It's crazy how I got to be big you for the rest of my life, 
shit that I was doing, I was 21, 22, 12, 15. Mm. But everybody else get to grow up. Right. Everybody else gets to say, I changed my life and I'm changed and I'm this and I'm but that. But that's how fascinated people are with gangster shit. It is. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so you can either wallow in it or do like I did. I sat back for two and a half years, watched the internet go, two years, and watched the internet go crazy mm. while making my project. And right. it was the fruit for me to make something that was so phenomenal that people couldn't deny it. So in the room when we putting it together, I'm like, no, nah, this gotta be this, this gotta be that. So when you ask me how involved I was in, I was very involved. Because right. I wanted it to be something that nobody couldn't deny. Mm. You know what I mean? I needed it to be, a piece of cinema that would talk not only for me, but for Haitian Jack, talk mm. for Deb, talk for the people who, who who were basically powerful but voiceless at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, But they're two such different things of like doing shows or, or working with younger artists versus what you're doing when you make a documentary like this that basically like takes history and sort of seals it off and says this is what happened. Whereas on the other hand, when you're working with artists or doing shows, you're kind of making history or, or defining what the history will then be. It's such a different attitude. And, and I'm, I'm interested in the fact that you were able to sort of switch between them casually. Well, I mean, you got to understand Malcolm Spellman is a true filmmaker. Mm. And then Rashidi Harper. And then you have me who is the streets, music, hip hop, in entertainment, who is growing in in points in the film industry. So I think together, the, the uniqueness of the team mm. was phenomenal. And then Jimmy Chris coming and bringing in. So um, it was a team. So you really see the value in just having that team oh, yeah. around yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, no, I That's definitely- what's getting was, you where you're going? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I had to actually go through things in life to actually make the story fit. Mm. And then me having the footage actually helps it come alive because you get the visual. Once you see Big U just standing tall as fuck, muscular as fuck, Jerry Curl, just and, yeah. and the way people were talking about you of like as in you were just mad aggressive to everybody. And I was like, wow, this dude has gone through a massive transformation throughout his life. Cause you do not give out an ounce of like the vibe of like wanting to intimidate somebody. Like you are who you are, but you're not making no, anybody feel that. bad or nothing like that, you know? When, when I first when I first ran into you, remember when I ran into you? What happened? <laughs> Let's do the flashback. You go, I heard you don't like me. And, and my reaction was something like, I don't know who told you that, but if I did not like you, I don't think I'd be telling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> if I didn't like you, I would have kept it to myself. <laughs> and it, it's crazy because most people think I'm running around on people mm. and I'm and I'm like gangster them. You got to pay me. And it was it was so funny because you was like, uh, which you you always tell me you said uh, we was at Ti's video mm. shoot, and uh, I was with who was I with Thug and um, I was with OSBS. Okay. And we had just got the car, and you walked up to me, or, or somebody's with you walked up to me and said, Gunner was there too. That was Gunner the crazy was shit. There's like Gunner just walked by at the same exact moment yeah. that I was meeting you. I was like, this is and weird. And he's like, uh, hey, I want to interview you. I'm like, what's your name? And you're like, I'm Adam. And I'm like, Adam? He was like, I said, man, I heard you don't like me. And you was like, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> <laughs> we could actually play the clip just so that the world can see how oh, awkward it was. It? Yeah, yeah, that's in this video. You're lying. No, I got it, yeah. Oh, I didn't we'll, even know we'll, you filmed we'll it. Let's stick it in here so the world can experience <laughs> it for themselves. You really filmed it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I shit. think so. Yeah, Trev filmed it, right? 
No shit, I oh, never yeah, see yeah. that. You want to see it? We'll pull it up. I um, was like having fun with you, but I mean that's what more people don't understand, man. Like I can bag, like mm. bro. I used to come up. Also, a lot of my fights in high school was because I can bag. Mm. Like I, I just didn't. I played the dozen because my mother was so fine, and and she was dark. And she looked good to me, so I was like, you ain't gonna find nothing wrong with my mama. So like, you're you're saying that people when they would roast you, that would just become the topic of conversation, and your mom looked good. Everybody, bro. No, like my mom, like at when as she was like good looking right so i had to be at a bag bro and my mother was a scorpio so she made sure we was dressed to the t like she had this thing about bro i can love shoes and my mother would not let me wear them mugs like more than so many so many times i'm like man i just got them fit right like mm. so bagging is what we grew up doing right and i mean i have fun man i i, I go out i have fun I, I do all kind of fun things but nowadays they call it bullying and you're not supposed to do it i'm still gonna do it <laughs> um, I'm, i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna drop 50 on the motherfucker right. i mean and when i mean 50 i mean i'm gonna drop 50 on you you gotta be when you cut like if you're at the studio with us you better be able to, to get out like me and smoke right I mean, I ain't gonna get smoked right now. I ain't yeah. gonna talk about pale face right now while we on camera because he can't say nothing back. Right. You know what I'm saying? But smoke it. See, that's the area but you I'm come from. But I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna bag on nobody on this camera because, you know, I'm not gonna right. do that. That's bullying, yeah. You know no, what I'm saying? But, okay, there's a big difference. I feel like the old generation, or the old, the, the new generation is, you're in the studio, everybody's staring at their phone. The old generation is, we don't got phones, so we're going to fuck with each other. We're going to yep. talk. We're going to mess with each other. We're going to get into all yeah, kinds of talk. reindeer games and hijinks. And it, it's good that you still epitomize that, I think. I do. I mean, I mean, you know, I grew up in the area like we're going to have fun. Then somebody going to call us and tell us something happening on Crenshaw or something happening somewhere. We pulling up. We got the guns. We're going to go take care of that. Right. Then we coming right back. We having fun till somebody get caught. Right. Now, I mean, that's how we grew up. Mm. We really grew up from bagging in a room and then, like, we get a phone call or page. Mm. And now it's on, like, that quick. We go from that quick to that quick. But, back. okay, you, as someone who's changed your life so much, you don't talk about that like it's this horrible memory that has scarred you. You seem like you kind of, you, you appreciate was, your history even if you are not living such a way. Grew up right? doing. It was what we grew up doing. And like, it was like, for instance, right? My mother never knew what Crips and Bloods was. Mm. She used to buy me blue rags. She had no clue. Right. Right. My mother's from the south of Mississippi. And so when they moved out here, you know, I was born out here. They had no clue what was about to come. Mm. It's this generation that knows what Crips and Bloods is, mm. you know? And my mother them didn't have a clue. I could be sagging, and my mother would only see sagging as just like, why you don't got a belt on? Mm. You know what I mean? This generation knows what it is. Right. And it's different, you know, like knowing. But my, my mom, I don't have no tattoos. Mm. I don't smoke. I don't drink. I really was like a mama's boy. Right. Like my mother said, don't. she didn't want me to get high. I didn't do it. She didn't want me to drink. I didn't do it. And all the peer pressure over the years didn't really do nothing? I love my mother, man. It was me and my mother, like. Did anyone let you know that like drinking and smoking feels good? And I did. I got this? high before. <laughs> you I got just didn't high really before. love it. I tried it, but you know what I'm saying? Like my mother was just like a major influence in my brain. Like, mm. are you a coward? You gonna go out the house and you gonna you gonna let these people tell you what to do? She didn't know nothing about game banging, so she mm. didn't have this thing about don't game bang, don't do. Oh, this. she didn't tell you don't shoot someone, but she, she didn't did tell you was. don't smoke and drink. <laughs> she didn't. Hey, look, she didn't know what it was until I was actually in jail fighting so many cases. It was like, right, you know, and she was like. <gasps> They're saying you're a monster, and I'm like, Mom, I don't believe none of that. Right. Dude, I mean, 
I just wonder like how you perceive all this shit these days because like j- just for example to take it outside of the the la world and shit like in jacksonville right now there's a couple of rap crews bro there's like a 10 plus people dead on each side of it from this like gang war that they got going and it's expressed through songs too and one of the artists young Age, just put out this song where he's just literally the whole song is talk making fun of the other side's dead homies and it's like see that's I, I can't believe it like that this shit is still happening and i just wonder what's your perspective on this kind of shit well, I think certain things shouldn't be said out. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, uh, even when we did this documentary, people try to say that we said, no, we didn't. We, we, we talked about things that can't nobody be charged for. Mm. We purposely made sure and we looked at things and we didn't say things. But you could get where we coming from. Right. We gave you the authenticity of who we were. You know what I mean? But I, I, I feel like where we are in hip-hop, I don't, I don't, I don't down people. I don't want to down our young artists because I think they're hella talented. Mm. But it's more serious than it was back then because it used to be beefs back in the days. Right. You had LL Cool J versus Kumo D. You had this person, and they were fights. But what happens today is because of the drug use, and because these dudes are so off the chain. You don't never know what these dudes are about to do. Mm. I don't even think they know what they're about to do until they wake up in the cell a, a month later. Mm. And the drugs have worn off, the psychosis has worn off, and they realizing, like, I did what? Right. Some of them don't even realize they got the damn tattoos they have mm. on their face. So it's kind of hard to, you know what I mean, to to realize it. But, you know, I remember I read, I read one time where Russell Simmons said he was high. He was so high, he don't even remember... 10 years of, he don't even remember the 80s or, yeah. or, or the 90s. You remember something like that. I mean, all that coke and shit will really do something to you. But you know? these dudes are not just using coke now. Mm. They're using... Those opiates. If you want to erase your memory, that'll yeah. do it. Yeah. And, 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 and so we, we're in a different place in hip-hop, but I feel like, I feel like the, the kids got it, but our generation was more of sellers. This generation is users. Mm-hmm. You know and what I mean? Also, like you could get into a scrap with someone. You probably have hundreds of fights that like four people saw, and now it's like if someone gets beat up, millions of people immediately you know. See it. Yeah. If somebody's gang gets clowned, some any kind of disrespect, it's just immediate content. Mm-hmm. So it's like you can kind of understand why these beefs just sort of spiral out of control. Whereas it might have been more. No, isolated. I can't understand it because somebody got to be a man at some point and say they was wrong. Mm. Like as far as Quando Rondo. I was wrong for saying it, but he was wrong for, for for not reaching to his homeboy. And then on the same line that I reached out to you, you reached back out to me on it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I apologized to my homeboy. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where it starts and stops. Somebody got to apologize. They was wrong. I was wrong. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But I'm a man. I can admit that I'm wrong. I mm. can say, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I make a mistake, my nigga, I'm going to admit that I made a mistake. I ain't going to carry it past that. Right. But I had to grow to that, though. It was at one point when I was younger, it would have been like, fuck you, so what I said that I did that. Mm. You, you understand what I'm saying? But I feel like the kids have to get to that. And I don't want to call them kids because I don't want nobody feeling like I'm offending them by calling them a kid either. Right. But we have to get to that point in, 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 our, in, our, in our existence um, to realize where we are in hip-hop. You know what I mean? Mm. But I want to be an example to hip-hop also. Right. And when I'm wrong, admit that I'm wrong. You know what I mean? Right. But I don't want to be, you know, because I'm a go when I'm supposed to go. Right. 
Like, if it's a beef, even to this day at 54, and it's a serious one, I'm going to pull up and get, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. But if I can avoid it, I'm going to be a man and avoid it. You know what I mean? And I thought that situation was pretty interesting just because Quantarano is so young, and it's like I, I don't see you really seeing yourself in the same game that he's in. Like, you've learned all the lessons yeah. that he's still going through at this point in his life. But when you, He's a good kid, too. But when you see him, I saw a quote from you where you said, like, this guy's claiming my neighborhood. How much does that – make you feel like you owe him a conversation or owe him taking it seriously when it is such a global thing. I do, thing. Because, because no matter what, I got to be the older one. Mm. So that's why I got to apologize. You know what I'm saying? Because at some point, I got to be the older one. He gets to still be the kid. Mm. He still gets to be the young one. But at some point, if I fail to be the older person and the bigger person, then I'm really failing the whole generation. Mm. You know what I mean? I'm failing myself. I ain't losing no points. I don't feel like I'm losing no points by showing my little homeboy or whoever else respect. Mm. And then I'm supposed to be able to sit him down and tell him where he wrong at. Right. You know what I mean? And that's just being a man. Because I got kids. I want my kids to know right from wrong. Mm. I'm not going to ride with just anybody when they just right or wrong. I don't do that. You know what I mean? That would continue a cycle of ignorance. Mm. You know what I mean? I tell my homeboys, no, we're going to be right. I want to be right. Right. I'm, I'm not riding with a nigga right or wrong. Because if I do, and, and, and that comes from being on prison yards, niggas right or wrong, and then you going to the hole. Or that comes from you catching a case. Now you didn't fucked your life off and you knew your homeboy was wrong. Right. Why don't you check him in the beginning? Mm. You know what I mean? Or I check myself. You know what I mean? And then because I know when it's right and I'm right, I'm going to tear this shit up. Because the people who are the leaders of the community, you just can't continue to have that mind state of like, oh, you're my boy, so I'm riding with you no matter what. That, that's not right. going to last that long, that, that mentality. Well, it is going to last that long because that's the, ignorance, that's the ignorance we see right now. And it's not just hip-hop. Mm. It's in America. It's in American politics. politics Look sure. at what just happened. Look at just what happened uh, 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 at the uh, um, U.S. Capitol. Mm. You know what I mean? Now you got all the Republicans trying to justify the biggest wrong in U.S. history. Mm. The biggest wrong in U.S. history. Right. You know what I mean? Trying to and, minimize it, make and, it seem like it exactly. wasn't that big a deal, like we didn't all but live through it. But you got five it. people die. Yeah. You know what I mean? And who, who, who's accountable for that? Mm. You got George Floyd being killed publicly on television, in camera, mm. and they're trying to say that the crowd killed him. Mm -hmm. A crowd made this man do what he did. Right. And so... It, it, it's, it's not just hip-hop. And when we report on hip-hop, we only tend to report that it's the bad in hip-hop. But it's a lot of great in hip-hop. I, 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 I do interviews and I try to let people who are interviewing me realize that if we only ask me about the Quando Rondos, but not we never talk about the Kendrick Lamars. Mm -hmm. We never talk about the um, OSBSs, the Criticality. We never talk about, um, what's my man, um, 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 Jordan Lucas. We don't ever um, talk about the, the, the cast is doing something positive and we only focus on the negative. That's what hip-hop is going to look like. Mm. Hip-hop is only going to look like it's a negative force, but we don't even talk about the dudes who are great artists, who are going platinum, who are selling and, 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 and really, you know, uh, um, making, making our culture look good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we got a lot of artists, man. We got more artists that's doing good than we doing we, than we have that's doing bad. Right. You know what I mean? Definitely. And so, but we only see interviews on that. You know, that's mm. all we hear about is the carnage. Yeah, I know. A lot of times you'll 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 
see an interview and you can just like feel this contentious relationship where the interviewer just wants to only ask about this shit yeah. that's going to agitate because they know it's going to get views and you can the rapper is not so stupid that they don't realize what's happening they're fucking they understand and they don't want to do it and it's it's a terrible like way to base a conversation i love when i do an interview like where i don't know what the fuck to title it because we're just talking about whatever right yeah as somebody who lived through the la riots how do you feel no. what you, you weren't around for that. I was gone. You were gone. You were away I from left. that. Okay. I was. Um, I was actually in the county jail the ride the day the riot started, and I actually went to to the hole for a ride that was in the county jail. Oh wow! <laughs> so you found about it. Uh, found out about it after more so. I think R started before. R started early that day inside uh -huh. the county jail, and then there started at night. Right. What's your perspective on the most recent uh, protests and uh, the at times turned violent last year? Like, what was your perspective on that happening and what that meant to the I community? I don't think I was vocal, man. I'm, I'm not a marcher. Mm. Um, I don't see myself marching. Uh, I don't know what it does and what it will do, but I, I support the people that do march. Mm -hmm. I just feel like when it's my time, I'm going to go. Mm. I'm going to go the same way I've been going. So when that call come, uh, feast to be alive, I'm going to go. And, you know, I'm going to be looking for ways to make my impact. Mm. And hopefully my kids and my people are going to make their impact the way they're supposed to. But I don't I don't see myself marching and letting nobody do nothing to me freely. Mm. You, you think we're about to have another round of uh, protests if the when the George Floyd verdict comes back? No, nah, I don't think so because I think they're going to do the right thing. Mm. I mean, yeah. if, if 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 we haven't reached the, we haven't reached that point in, in 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 our history with all the things that's happening around in this country, then shame on us. Mm. You know. Yeah, but I mean, if they don't make the right decision, I don't know. I'm a little worried about what might happen after that. I'm not worried about it. I mean, this country up until up until we seen what just happened at the Capitol, this the infrastructure of this country won't be imploded by um, people of color. Mm. You know what I mean? And the anger of people of color. It's not built like that. Mm. The, the the only way this country in this in the, um this 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 rock would be changed, it would be from people that look like you mm. or that come from your background. Because you guys would have to change it. You would have to change it for the plight of people my color and in and other people dark and brown. And you guys would have to change it for us to be really ever become a great nation, fair for everybody else. It, it, it can't come from us. It won't come from us. Well, that's a good question. What makes a good white ally in the, the struggle or in hip-hop or, or in your world? What makes a good one? Yeah, like what what do you expect from a white person that's involved in your culture or community um, or wants to make man, things better? Man, I mean, just, just a, a constant fight because, you know, when I wake up every morning, I'm fighting um, somebody who understands it, who understands that there is a fight. I could talk to Steve sometimes, and sometimes Steve get in, and sometimes Steve don't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I probably can, you got friends that, that that's black from your side that feel like you get it sometimes and feel like you don't get it sometimes. Mm. And that's just natural. Um, I studied theology while I was gone. You know, I majored in theology. So um, I see how cultures change, and I've seen how nations were built and how they topple when the other nations are built, literally on top of other grounds the other nations' cities were built on. Um, but and it's always people who 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 need another people mm. to to make them strong, and um, so um, because this is a white nation, you know, it it would take a white mindset 
to actually get it to where it should be fair for other people. Mm-hmm. And then you got a people who are stronger who don't want to see the values of this nation change, who, 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 who see the value of being a white power and, and a dominant power in the world. Mm. So if you ask somebody to say, give that up and become even kill after they have built something that's considered to be the greatest nation in the world, they're not going to do that easily. <laughs> no, people don't, yeah. people don't tend to give up power easily. No, they're yeah. not going to do that easily. You know yeah. what I mean? And I've been other places. I've been to other countries. I've seen how those countries and how they live. And, and, and I've come back to this country and I've seen how we live. Mm. And so it, it, it's a give and a take. And it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a hatred when you see how we take so much from other places, but we still benefit from it. Mm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's pretty crazy. I remember going to England and, uh, you know, just being around all them and, and starting to realize, and this is probably 10 years ago, but starting to realize, like, wow, they have such different ideas about mm-hmm. racism than we, yeah. than we do. And actually, I have a friend, uh, Gabe Brooks, who actually was <laughs> murdered a couple years ago. And uh, he's a black guy from L.A. And one of my friends from England said to me, he's like, why, why does Gabe feel like he's had something inherently like bad done to him by his government and i'm like i'm like you know about slavery right and he's like <laughs> he's like yeah but like I, he just it made no sense to him right. that, that american black people could feel that way and to me it's such a default like of course they feel that way and that just like really kind of opened my eyes to like well there are a lot of black people in london but you guys don't even view this shit the same way that we do and well, that because was they were removed from it before we were mm. so their 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 distance is a lot farther than ours mm. You know what I mean? The 1500s, they started moving away from it. And then they started moving away from the uh, the teachings of it. We are so, ours is so rooted in, 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 in religion mm. that people don't get it. Because we were, uh, slavery in this country was, was reinforced through religion. Mm. And everybody adopted the Christian, the Christian religion. And it enforced it. Where in other countries, religion wasn't used as a tool to indoctrinate into into other uh, other countries so that philosophy trains when you get to this country mm. and so they don't actually feel it like we feel it and they don't actually have it rooted in them you know what i mean so they don't actually see they don't even have the same almost the same teachings that we had right when it comes to religion yeah it, ma- it makes you realize that America has like its own very specific racial history to deal with that, you know, but this takes place everywhere around the world. When I'm watching documentaries about different countries where there isn't even really that much of like a racial breakdown, like Mm -hmm. black and white people look very different, but you know, I'm watching documentaries about shit that's going on in other countries where they got tribes going to war. They look exactly the same, but you know, it's, they, they find something to hate each other. They've always been there throughout history. Mm. Um, and so I talk. I, I, I do a lot of talking because I, I do the gang intervention. So I speak at a lot of schools, and they talk about the tribalism, the Crips and blood, where there's never been a time in history where man didn't have a conflict. Mm. Going back to Adam and Eve, or right. and, and if you accept that story, you go back to uh, um, Cain. I mean, not Adam and Eve, but Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. If you accept that story um, to be factual. Um, but there's always been conflict. There's right. always been conflict between brothers and sisters. And some of those have come to death and led to death, so why wouldn't we think that two fractions or people would not have a common agreement or have a, or have a, a misunderstanding? But, but That's unrealistic. But the violence of mm-hmm. it doesn't have to reach 
exactly, the level yeah. that it is at. Mm. So that's the problem. We have taken, we have let the violence reach too far of a, too high of a level. Right. You know what I mean? And on a lot of things, we we uh, celebrate the violence. And right. I used to tell people all the time when, when I was young and in even today's time, when you talk about gangs, it's almost always the most ignorant person of the gang who's celebrated the most. The one who, if somebody pull up with a gun, they're going to represent the hood or you're going to represent. So it's that. Yeah. And not the most intelligent person. Right. You know what I mean? So you have to take years of being successful and weeding through to show your intelligence before people really say, oh, yeah, we're going to follow him. Hmm. But so other than that, they want to follow the Bronx. The gangs in L.A. is inevitable, but what you're saying is that the, the animosity and the violence doesn't have to be the level that it's right. at now or right. that it's been in the past. How right. much do you feel like you're responsible for a lot of it? Uh, I feel uh, like intervening as much as possible. I feel like, yeah, I do a lot of intervening, but I feel like um, our piece of rock that we, we, we consider to be Crenshaw mm. um, was has a lot to do with a lot of it. And so when I when I when I came out with Nipsey and we came out, I felt like I wanted to be a conduit to to giving people a way to get to something positive, showing mm. that we can move, be together and function together without, you know, hating each other. So the way I move, and even when I came home in 2004 and established a relationship with Suge, I was that was my intentions, mm. you know, to show people that we can move together. My relationship with Wack and Wacko to show that red and blue doesn't have to always, you know, be at beef, be at odds. Um, I try to show by example, you know what I mean, and, and dealing with kids and helping kids and helping that. I feel like it's it's very important for us because of our part of Rock Crenshaw we we people look at us differently because of the successes we've had so that is true because there's a lot of hoods in la even that there's never been a big success story from there so like you as somebody that is seeing all this and mm -hmm. and having so much more i mean it's easy to take it for granted just having seen the world having met all these important ass people you know it's easy to forget that a lot of people in the neighborhoods ain't been exposed to nothing right I tell my I tell my artists that I tell my homeboys that I try to instill that in my sons that it's somebody in Mississippi who would die to me tip, mm. who would die to me gunner, yeah. looter, and all the different people we you have had the pleasure of just knowing and just greeting and not realizing the situation that I have tried to put you guys in. So, I, I, and I um, sometimes even when you are in our area, because it's so normal, it. It can hurt a person. It can hurt that drive. Mm. You, it can hurt that drive where they like shit. I just did a song with E Forty. I just did a song with Gunner. I just did a song with this person. Right. And then you have that person who's coming from an area where they would never meet these people. You know what I mean? And they have more of a fight and more of an energy towards being great. Definitely. About the gang intervention shit. How do you balance the fact that? the mission that you're on there is really important along with the fact that you know you love where you're from you love the culture that you come from have to be man you have to it's all it's like uh with gang intervention how it really works is you have to have a license to operate mm. you have to be trusted enough to know that 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 you can talk to your homeboys and other dudes can talk to their homeboys it's not a snitching factor because that's not a part of it it's just about pulling back and letting the homies know, look, hold up before we do this, or putting in program. Like, my biggest thing is is my sports program mm. through the city. 
So we we we, we set those up to deal with the kids, and shout out big Snoop Dogg uh, for the SYFL, and my my brother Wadu, you know what I mean. So um, it's just about really trying to be an outlet for kids to 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 have a way to move. Mm. You know what I mean, and being a being an example like. I'm a living example. Mm. I'm a living example. And reason why I didn't change my name and start calling myself Eugene or, 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 or Hannibal or whatever, and I want to call myself Big U because I wanted young people to understand it wasn't in the name. Mm. It was in the decisions I make. You know what I mean? Like I get up in the morning, my day, my day starts, I get up in the morning, I go work out. Then I might, if I'm doing martial arts, I'm going with weights and what I'm doing. Then after that, I go and I start. I, I go and I start reading, and from there I'm reading and writing. Then I'm doing whatever I'm doing whatever business I'm doing. And I get to the kids and I coach, and after the kids, I go back into music. So my music time is really like from nine, eight, nine p.m. all the way to like one or two, mm. and I get home or maybe when I get home, and I'm usually sleeping in the studio. Why they making the music? And I'm right. waking up. Why? What did you do? And you know what I'm saying? Are and they not allowed to splash you with the water? Like Chief Keep? Hell no, because no. I can still. I mean, listen. <laughs> I got about 18 more months of this fighting shit. Look, right. You know oh really? About 18 more months of this over after that. When's hey. the last time you scrapped with somebody? Shit. Um, three weeks ago, we spar every day. You know, I spar. Okay, but I mean, like rough somebody. No, rough up somebody. Yeah, fight, man. I don't know. I ain't talk about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't want to fight with nobody, bro. Figure, this shit yeah. hurt. You know what I'm saying? In my age, you like this shit hurt. Like it'll, right. it'll really like hurt like for months. Bro, like, that shit blew my mind seeing you just outside the fucking roller rink, and it was just normal that just fades all day. Oh yes, I used to go. Used That's to, crazy. Yes, I really used to go. It's like, it, it really used to go like that, though. Like, dudes yeah. would come from everywhere. Mm. Like, oh, I want to scrub with Big U. You know what I mean? For and, real. Yeah. And, and you were just, let's go. You can't turn the fade down. Yeah. You pulled up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Who, you never met anybody that was real competition around that time? Nah, nope. Not that time. Because, I mean, I was kind of cheating. How so? Meaning that I I trained to fight. Oh, okay. That's so right. you know if you if I'm trained, I ran, I exercised, right. and and my whole family did martial arts. So when we met and got together, it'd be a family thing. Uh-huh. Like we have our own school. Do you think you would be a UFC fighter if you? I would have definitely been a UFC fighter. Right. A good one. Because like I, I I boxed already. I grew up boxing, and I grew up doing martial arts, and I started wrestling at Pomona High School when I went there right. for one year. That would have been amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I'm too old and shot up too many times. <laughs> knee injuries. Them dudes, them dudes will kick my ass. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can't, you can't compete against the 20-year-olds these days hey, or whatever. I'm not, but not even going to try. <laughs> I'm going to turn that fade down. I'd like to see that. Uh, whack, whack, or, uh, excuse me, Big U in the, in the, the UFC you said heavyweight whack. He division. He said whack. You want to see whack fight. You already say whack. <laughs> Would whack be in the heavyweight division? Can we get a weight? You say whack. You want to see whack. <laughs> That's uh, my uh, subconscious <laughs> mind wants to see him in there too. Whack gonna be bad as you. Oh yeah, yeah. One more question though about before we bring your artists in. Um, are you? At times, it feels like you kind of have like a conflicted relationship with your own identity in the sense that like you you know you you can like you, the legend of Big U is almost bigger than Big U the man, and you're able to sometimes go to a club and say I'm here with Big U, and that just works. Yeah, oh, it works. Yeah, oh, real talk. But but when you are doing film, 
usually it's not about you, but then with like this new series, it's like you're talking about your your past, you're showing video and, and photos of your past. Is there part of you that wants to sort of get past your prior identity? Well, here, here it goes. Like, like okay, I think my wife is more big you than I am. I mean, your right. wife is the biggest gangster I've ever seen for holding oh, you down tough. in prison when I'm watching nah, that shit. Bro. I'm like, how is that even possible, bro? <laughs> no, my wife is more gangster than anybody I know. She really the big you. Right. But to me, I feel like I feel like when you read and you study, mm. and and uh, um, and you read as much as I have and study as much as I have, you you tend to kind of accept like your being, like um. Like, I like the things that I'm not good at. Like, I can't spell word for shit. Mm. Like, I can't spell word for shit. And anybody who follows me on Instagram knows that, right? <laughs> and I, I mean, but it's like, it's like when you, when, you, um, when you try to not to take yourself so serious, mm. you know, you can laugh at yourself and you can do certain things. Um, but I'm still big you, you know what I mean? I'm still like, I'm, 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 I still want to be able to be like the father the grandfather, um, but still, you know, let me tell you, when I say it's coming, it's coming. Mm. And, and and that should be a man. You know what I mean? Like, I don't got to be big you every single day. Like, like really, like, fuck big you. Like, keep it 100. Like, I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a, I'm a man. I pay bills. I got to figure out how to hustle every single day. Mm. Like, um, my bills monthly amass over almost 30. You know what I mean? Like, these niggas is worried about five, $6,000 like, what the, f- like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got real bills. Mm. And then I had to really become a man at some point in my life. And that means leaving this childish thing alone. And that mm. means going past being this average everyday gangbanger. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you got to be a man. I bought my wife a brand new car, $170,000. You know what I'm saying? We live in houses. I'm buying, I buy property. I own multiple pieces of property. You know what I mean? So who could be big you? Who could walk around and deal with the foolishness? Mm. When people say stuff to me on the internet, social media, I'm thinking like, nigga, you probably don't even have a car. <laughs> like you definitely don't own as many pieces of property mm. as I do. Cause if you did, you wouldn't be sitting on here saying something to a grown ass man who got more bills than you've ever seen. Right. So I go block. Mm. Shift. Block. Mm. And, and that's about being a man. I talk to young people all the time about responsibilities. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what it feels like. You remember how you started. You remember how you started with an idea uh-huh. to do no jumper. And somebody said this and somebody said this and do this. Then you realize, goddamn, I used to be over here paying the bill over here. Now I'm over here paying the bill over here. Lights, gas, car notes. Some of these dudes don't have none of that. Mm. I'm not finna give a nigga who don't got no bills, no energy. Mm. I'm not finna do that. Right. You know what I mean? But if the, if, it, if the situation amounts itself, I got to. What do I want to build? I want to make Crenshaw and the dudes from Crenshaw the number one trending for positive cycle group of men on planet Earth. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm selfish in that way. I'm selfish in wanting to see all my artists be successful. All my homeboys, unique music, all money in, whatever goes in. I want to see because we from the Crenshaw district. Right. And anybody in all over the world, that don't make me hate nobody else. That just make me work harder for our crew. Mm. And 
when I talk to you, I'm like, look, me, you have an obligation to be great. Right. What well, was Nip working to be great? What am I working to be great? Oh, you a part of this? You want to be a part of this? You got to work to be great. Mm. We ain't no niggas standing on the corner smoking and drinking and that ain't me. Right. I'm not finna be on no corner with no eight ball, bro. I'm talking about I run the block. Right. I'm finna extend the block. I'm gonna extend the block, extend the wealth, create ideas, continue to motivate people to be great, continue to do documentaries and movies and say, okay, the big homie did that. Mm. Now I gotta follow it. You know what I mean? That's exactly what we're doing. A lot of times people, by the time they reach your approximate age, they've kind of lost the spark. It feels like yours might be brighter than ever. Like oh, you're yeah. more motivated than ever. Oh, I am. There's no extent to which you're kind of like, well, I feel pretty successful, so I can just relax a little bit. No, nah, I don't got the money yet. Mm. I got the, I got, I ain't going to stop anyway. It don't even matter. Right. Because what else are you going to do? Because I don't, I, don't I mean, what else am I going to do? I don't have no, <laughs> I don't have no, I don't have no, ha no habits. Yeah. I don't smoke. I don't drink. Um, I don't hang, I mean, I don't hang out. The only time I go to the club is if, is I'm like required to go or I don't I don't do that. I pretty much just sit at home and play Call of Duty or uh uh yeah, somebody wanna call of duty. I just got good at two K. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm playing You playing I know for you're money? not saying nothing smoke. The filmer oh, seems yeah. like he wants to smoke. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> so you know what I mean? I you know I really just sit at home, bro. Like if I'm not writing, mm. I'm sitting at home. I'm I'm I got two Two movie projects, I, I, I can't say their names, that, that we're looking at. Mm. And one of them I had to write Big U into it, so it, it's a really good one. And I wrote it, it's, it's like a southern story. It's like the south meets the west and the east, and it's like... But you wrote Big U into it as in you're going to have somebody play you, or you're going to have a little role? Yeah, no, 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 I'm not going to be... I'm, you, somebody going to be me. Do you have no interest in being on camera in that regard? Nah, I mean, you know, I, I, I do some... Sneaky in every now and then because right. I had fun, bro. One of the best times in my life was was acting, was doing that with Veen, right? Was doing that role, bro. Because when you higher up in the script, like you got to be number number. I was number nine in the script, uh -huh. so they treated me with the utmost respect, right? You get what I'm saying? No, I like, like bro, your hand don't even touch a doorknob. Wow, really? They got the car picking you up. They got the food. They're giving you a daily per diem. Mm. And they still giving you a check. Right. No, do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. You're getting the daily per diem. <laughs> Free <laughs> like, food. Free. No, you're getting, you're getting. Food money. You're getting more money for food, but they still feeding you. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. The per diem and the buffet. You get the buffet, the per diem, hot and food, and you get to sit there and wait. You in the trailer. You got your mm. own trailer with your name on it with your 13 sets of the same clothes that you were wearing that day. <laughs> but yeah. this shit is a, that shit is awesome, man. Like, if you've never acted before, I'm looking at the camera to tell you, you really want to do it. You want to mm. get high up in there. Right. But is it like you have to leave your house and your family life for like oh, a couple yeah. months at times? That yeah. sounds pretty wild. Yeah, like I filmed... I filmed in New Mexico. We was there for a month. We filmed in the Dominican Republic. We was there for a month. It was torturous. Really? Just being away? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, hey, you know, we we <laughs> we, we filmed, we filmed, I filmed uh, uh, in uh, um, San Diego. I filmed a couple of different places. But I like to go away and film. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And I'm trying to get Veen to get me, since he over there and, you know, Filming Mission Impossible, bro, won't give me the, I mean, send me the ticket, bro. Right, for sure. 
You know it's your no. You know your daily per diem can take care of me. Mm, for know, sure. Probably getting a thousand dollars a day to eat. Yeah, bang, get me out there too. Um, okay, so uh, when did you or what is your thought process on all these artists that you have now that you're working with, and how do you? contribute positively to everything that they have going on and like are, are you in to some extent you're still kind of waiting for them to like really make their big no, premiere to be honest with you the wait was over once i dropped the documentary i kind of oh, okay. like when i dropped the documentary our name will be hot again they'll be fucking with us and let's go let's have projects ready let's let's go in and like i said i wasn't really in music mm. until nip called me right so um, you could see where Nip and OSBS was really vibing. And then I found Critter. I knew Critter before that, when I, the first time before I got back out of music. And so with Critter and OSBS, then there's What's Up Mickey. Right. Like I got a lot of plans for What's Up Mickey because he's a comedian. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm centering the whole show around him. And I'm writing it. Because he he's hella talented and he has a bunch of different characters, mm. but like I said, the people I'm dealing with now are really just two. But I'm starting developing. I mean, I'm starting delish. Like delish entertainment. I'm starting <laughs> unique music distribution. Right. So with the distribution, we're able to put out all artists, and they're not signing to unique music. It's just a distribution like uh, Distro Kid. Uh, Empire, and um, we actually can do labels, get label imprints to put out their music. So That's what's up. we're doing that. I'm looking at, I'm, I'm doing a situation with. Mm. Nah, I better not say. I got a um, a label situation that's happening with, for my company with another label, um, but it's it's fun right now. Like right now, it's, it's fun, and we got. I dropped two songs. We got Criticality as a song with. Um, with E40 uh -huh. that's actually doing good. You know what I mean? He gonna come on and talk about that. Then I got, we just dropped a song, Free Hood Rich, with OSB, I mean, with one of the members of OSBS, that's uh, five. And um, so that song is really doing good. So one of them is a Western song, and one of them is, a, is one of them can go in the West, that's the E40. We're setting up a West Coast radio run. And then the South would be uh, Free Hood Rich with, um, OSBS Freezy. Okay. Feezy. Feezy. You know what I'm saying? I got you. You know. That's what's up. You're going to like that video. I'm fucking with it already. All right. We're going to uh, get the other mics set up real quick and uh, get these guys on. Got that blood. All right. So, Big U, introduce us uh, to your artist here. Okay. This is Critter Cali. What up? What up? What up? The vocals. Doing? Okay. This Feezy. OSB Feezy. Six, 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 six. This, I mean, this, uh, <laughs> Smoke. Yeah, he, he don't know me that well, you feel me? He's a rock, <laughs> <laughs> he does rock music now. <laughs> so how did you guys all end up uh, linking up with this guy? And, and what was your first impression, I guess? Crenshaw, we family, we really all family, but you know, we all from Crenshaw. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is my real blood. That's oh, okay. Name, yeah. And I'm real close to him and to his oldest son. We, we all like this. Uh -huh. Everybody from this. That was natural. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. And so what, what made you think that they had the, the potential that you wanted to work with them? Well, when, um, when I started back doing music, when, I, when Nippet called me to do music, 
And mm. then we went to New York, and then um, we was talking, and he was asking me to come back and manage him. I started looking for other artists, too, because I pretty much know Nip was already there. Mm. There wasn't no refining Nip. It was just wait, feed the calls and, you know, book the shows, and that was done. So I'm like, shit. I'm in the studio. I went in the studio with Nip, and we recorded for like five days on his album when I was in there recording and fucking with him. And um, you'll see it when I, when I, when I post when we was in there when the Victory Lab was coming out. Mm. And so we was in there talking crazy. And I'm talking about, let me give me some new artists. And so that's when I started going. I went to my homeboy studio, Vay. He had a studio out in the valley that was, um, what was that street was that studio on? I was on like Satterkoy or something like that. Lancashire, Lancashire, because it was in the same alley with uh, with Atlantic Studios, mm. and yeah. five started coming up to you. How did you know I was even? Did you? I was popping up on all bro sessions. Mm. I knew bro. Just on it. Once on. he was getting back in music, I'm like, I'm, I'm gonna just be around music. until he realizes <laughs> something. <laughs> shit. Yeah. 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 Was you out yet? Yeah, I had just got he out. Probably just been out two I months. Just got out like two months. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like you know, Nip, just Nip already the homie. I gave Nip a song like 15 years ago, like a trash ass song. He still showed love. Like, yeah, nigga, you still rap. I'm like, all right, all right. For sure. I heard a lot of <laughs> stories from people basically saying that like Nip was supportive of my shitty ass music early in my career. No, real talk, bro. Yeah. He, gonna, he gonna motivate you for sure. Well, how could when I say the shit be shit, y'all be? Because Nip said it a different way. That's real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it. He called it bullying. Wait, wait, wait. Like, man, this some bullshit. You know, Nip gonna be like, yeah, yeah, bro, just you know, be a little louder. That's dope. Okay, how'd you guys tap in? Been yo, yeah, like really, Uncle's looking for talent, so. One of my peoples that I know, they was like, you know, hey, Big, you looking for talent. And I must have burned, like, every CD I could find with every song I could find. Like, and I, I uh, went up to the studio when he was looking for the talent and then uh, played the music and he liked the music. And ever since then, he's been, you know, mentoring and cultivating me to work on music and make music just like me and Five. You know what I mean? We used to, uh, he used to let me go to a studio on 43rd, mm. make music, don't mm -hmm. charge us, like... Just really help our music career, so. He didn't charge you? That's how I met him. No, he, he charged you? <laughs> he charged you? Well, you know what I mean? But he he really he really motivated us to, like, really do the music. So. Right. Mm -hmm. how, what was your impression of him? What, what were you oh, no, he's him? a spitter. Really? I couldn't understand the word these niggas are saying. <laughs> he spits. Like, he really, like. You're a real lyrical nigga. He lyrical. Like, yeah. he spits. Like, he can go in a room with a common, uh, 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 um, all the motherfuckers who can really like rap, that's his style. Now, he had one song, the old song that me and Hop like, uh, dedicated to the East. Um, yeah, so I did a mixtape called Crack to the Future. Mm. And I did, uh, it, oh, it was oh, like, uh, I took the Biggie beat and I was like, if I got to choose a coast, I got to choose the West. Mm. So I live out there, so you know what I mean? And, and flipped it. I really did it before Game I did it with Keisha Cole, but. Mm. Yeah, they they like that shit was so yeah. hard. Like, so he really spits, right? And then they style was more like the South. Uh, what's that? What's out right now? Right. You know what I mean? So he was more mine. What I was on. Okay. You know what I mean? And then um, we had put out a we had put out a couple of projects. Then Sandman got killed, and I was like, I'm through with this music yeah, shit. Yeah, recipe mm -hmm. Sandman. Recipe Sandman. It kind of was like a blow for all of us. Like, man, fuck yeah. this music shit, man. 
and I mm. backed up. And then, like I said, I didn't get back into it until, to really, till Nip called me. And so then they came out of nowhere. This dude bummed us the studio. Mm. We was actually, I actually was dealing with my little homeboy, uh, R.S. And we, I was finna sign R.S. and his, and his, and his little brother, who's the brother of one of the artists from NC. In sync, right? I mean, not in sync, but um, that little I don't um, know what you're talking about that little group, that little behavior. boy, mindless behavior, yeah. his brother. And these dudes, I had got a beat, um, from who that beat came from, Marley Mall. I got a beat that came from Marley Mall, and they made the hook. It was, um, um, what was the name of that song? Y'all first song. What's the name of this smoke? What's the name of that Bitches, shit? something about well, bitches ain't shit. Everybody but, uh, baby mama. No, no, <laughs> no. Nah, nah. Everybody baby mama. Everybody baby mama. <laughs> For real. That's what it just sort of. So I go to sleep like I normally do. I'm sleeping in the studio. I wake up. These dudes done done the hook. Fucking everybody's baby mama. I don't know if you can cuss on here, can you? Go crazy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but the song was called "Fucking Everybody's Baby Mama." Right. And so. When I woke up, I'm like, damn, that hook is crazy. Right. But it was supposed to be in, they just doing the hook and then the feature and it ended up being like, nah, we're going to just take RS off of it because RS then went to jail a mm. week later. Mm. And I'm like, y'all just do it. And that's really what started the relationship with me and them. Mm. And uh, Smoke was was really kind of like the anal one out there, the, prom, the, the prima donna. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need a billion dollars to sign. Hey <laughs> 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 man, respect for spacing that out so much and just assuming we would hang along for it because I was like, hey. is he still talking or did he did he finish the set? That sentence? was smoke though. You gotta understand, bro. We met in my office. This shit was so ominous. He has his other dude as his partner. He like, what was the dude? Nah, you don't want to say yeah, that. Like, he's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm from the cartel family. Oh my God! You hit him with the cartel hey, talk. Man, All right. Partner, I know you with the Chris, but I'm with the cartel, uh, buddy. Partner, bro. Like, listen, we in my office, and I'm like, you didn't want to fuck with my partner for for real. Hmm. Like, all right. We gonna work this fast. But, <laughs> like, what the fuck are we doing here, bro? Like, mm. then you know, every artist in the world thinks they gonna drop one single and it's gonna go stupid crazy. This is it. When I drop, I'm going 500 times platinum. I'm the only one like me in the world. Right. And then, so that was. It's a little more work than that sometimes. No, not in his brain. Really. He's still convinced that it's, it's, it's just yeah, happening. Right there. Yeah. Man, man, this, <laughs> man, this dude argue about all kinds, all manner of things right. in life. Like all, this dude calls me. He'll just be sitting at home watching TV, and he'll just have a damn thought. Really? <laughs> Not exaggerating. I respect that he's down to just sort of take up your time like that. that oh, he that don't give a, a fuck. <laughs> I'm not lying to you, man. He be thinking like, you got to listen to me. See, oh, this is the problem. <laughs> you don't listen to me. Uh-huh. You, 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 and I'm like, I gave him his time. I'm trying to kill a dude. I'm chasing the, the controller control is dying yeah. I'm trying to keep the air from maybe dying and he's still talking about I stutter a little bit Before, yeah, I stutter a little bit <laughs> not when I rap though Respect. he don't bro yeah. he do not stutter when he raps mm. I swear for God 
But okay, what? How much creative involvement does Big U have in the studio? Like, whether, and and how much creative involvement do you allow him to have? He don't give a fuck. Oh, okay. he'd be like, he'd be like, he'd be like, uh, he'll wake up and he'd be like. That's how we know he, he. That's how we know he like it. If he yeah. wake up and you start seeing that that big ass leg move or that arm start tapping like this, you, got you know it's hot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I be feeling yeah. like you, know, if you I'm might old, get some money behind your video if you start doing that. Mm. You know what I mean? If I'm old, if they can move me and I'm old, mm. then it's something, right? You know what I mean? Because they'll make a song and it's the ne- it's the greatest song ever. Uh-huh. I've never seen. <laughs> Every song be the greatest song after they finish. Like this is it. Right. This is it <laughs> right here. Bro, and I'm like, I thought the last one was like the the one. <laughs> no, this is it. You it's need to have that energy for sure. You know, you gotta have that confidence. You got plenty of that. Mm. Yeah. I tell them all the time, it's not gonna be it until the public say it. Mm. Like we'll know when people start reposting it who never posted your shit. Mm. You'll know that. Like like his song, like the song Fire just dropped. It was one of the, would you say we unexpected that song? Yeah, because, I mean, I gave it to my other folks to hear it, you know. I mean, we just dropped it, really, because we didn't really plan to put this shit out. I was just really trying to show how Mr. You know, Pablo, mm. you know, he got locked up with the little fed case. Yeah, what's going on with that? And how did you guys become boys with him? He'd been around since we first got on. Like, he, he tapped in with the music. You know, he'd been messing with Unk and all that, so. Uh-huh. Um, he just been showing us love. We did a gang of songs. We supposed to drop a tape. You know, I've mm-hmm. been out there all last summer. Stayed at his spot in Atlanta. Definitely, I saw you had that video with him man. and Dub. When, uh, uh, yeah, 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 shout yeah, out Desto, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dub, my nigga too. Mm. So it's like we been fucking with Blow, and I ain't really heard much on Blow since he got locked up. Anyways, I ain't heard. I ain't heard shit. I, I, ain't, I ain't heard nobody speaking up for him. I ain't heard no free Blow, yeah. none of that. So you know. And they're going to be all in his face as soon as he come home. Yeah, he up a lot of niggas feet on their feet. So I dropped the free hood, Rich. You know, like we said, it's been going crazy. Somebody ain't blowing your Hoodridge. Hoodridge Pablo. I know Hoodridge. That's who we talking about. Yeah. Oh, Hoodridge's name is Blow? Yeah, that's his nickname. Yeah, yeah, take called that and shit, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, so I dropped the free hood, Rich. I'm thinking Blow was a whole other Yeah, see, you are not allowed to laugh over there. We're going to have another OT episode right here. You're in the big leagues now. Um, <laughs> that's dope, though. Yeah, yeah shout out, shout out Pablo. Though. You see the sweater, though. You know? People don't want to give him the credit. I mean, he yeah, influenced man. so many goddamn people's styles, rapping-wise. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the crazy part is that everybody always be trying to, like, underwrite Hoodbridge, talking about, oh, he been robbed, bro. This is a person that he let in his house, and a dude posted something on Instagram a month right. later. You know, come on, man. Like, this dude, A1 all the way through, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Hoodbridge, one of the most... Solid individuals I ever met in or outside of music. Very few you know solid saying? niggas in the industry. I got like you know for sure like Lil Keys, solid nigga. Mm. Um, Wiz, Wiz off solid, the top, yeah. solid nigga I ever met. Definitely. You feel know I me? Mean? Like you know Chevy. We like you said we new to this music shit, bro. So we had to like you know really like see how that fake industry shit go dealing mm. with niggas and shit. So when we meet real niggas in the industry, you know. But now you're associated with Big U. Does that create problems for you, or does that create just everybody by default just sort of respects you or treats you a little different? I mean, it's it's a a gift and a curse. Mm. You feel me? Because you know, some might show love, then some might show a little bit of love. 
but they really trying to show love like like that you feel me mm. you know it might be just for the look you know, you know you don't never know what's in you you know what niggas i'm saying just be on, niggas be on alert like that's why i say shout out my folks wiz gonna Lil key duke you know all the slides it go like when um what you asked me earlier about like connections mm. i tell them all the time i can get you in the door but you gotta you gotta work the room mm. when you get in the room. Mm-hmm. You know true. what I mean? I can get you through there, but if it's like, for instance, I can present a bunch of songs to the radio stations, but if, the, if it don't work, there's only I, so much they can do. I can't go. I'm not gonna go stand on the table and say play this. Mm. You know, it's only so much you can do. Shit got to work for itself. And I tell them all the time, man, you can't stop working. Mm. You got to just keep putting it out until some sticks. And when some sticks on the wall. It's gonna be a ride from there. Right. You can't. You can't give up. You got to believe in your purpose. You know what I mean. Definitely. So, and then I feel like we went through a rough patch, and it was rough for them. Let me say that. Huh. It was rough for them through the past that we was going through with that all that bullshit. So I think it kind of shitted on them, on mm. people giving them the credit they should have had. And then now you see. The same style they were introducing, you see people now in the West doing it. Mm. When they was first coming, people were saying, oh, y'all sound too much like the South, but then now you see- Everybody on the West trying to do melodic music and stuff, Mm. and we was probably one of the first ones out of everybody to- to From the West, it's a distinction. They the Mm. first one really like from LA, from a, a, a hood set where they was doing that music, where people thought they was really from the South. Like we dropped a whole mixtape and everybody thought they was from the south. Didn't know they was. Everybody thought we was off him Atlanta. That was my whole point of the free hood, Rich. That's why I wanted to shoot that motherfucker on top of the marathon. Mm. So they already know, like, nigga, we from Crenshaw. I mean, the niggas street, the streets know, but you feel me? Definitely. Shit, if they do, <laughs> only one knows the homies. Our streets know. Yeah, our streets, but a lot of niggas be asking me all the time. I thought they was from. <laughs> nah, they from Crenshaw. And then this is really my blood nephew. Mm. Like, you know what I mean? And so <laughs> it's crazy. Because he went to Crenshaw. Went to Crenshaw, graduated from Crenshaw. Mm-hmm. Me and Dub. Me and Dub. Oh, you're in high school together? Yeah, me and Dub. So I, we go way back. Damn, that's dope. So I watch you got tattoos by Dub too? Tap man Dub. You know, I met him, it was like Yo, we got to introduce you to this lean dealer. He's like a famous lean dealer. He sells lean to all the rappers. That's what they told me before I met him. If you want juice, you didn't dub all day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. Back in the day. My man got a store now. Yeah. I did want to bust these out because these came in the mail today and I felt like it was kind of serendipitous. The blue M&M's. Shout out to YBN, not Mayor's promo team. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need to see his Crenshaw rolling papers. Oh, yeah. So we got the blue M&Ms in the building. I don't know if you guys want to try them. You had them in your pocket? Hell no. No, they were in the sweatshirt pocket, and I, I, I do think they might have melted a little bit, so I'm glad that you uh, just turned it down. Yeah. What is it? Throw them things in the freezer. It's just time. blue M&Ms that the YBN, not Mayor's team sent over. Somebody gave them to you? Yeah, but I, Pee Wee Longway was always the blue M&M. <laughs> no, I know the tape. Yeah, you know, yeah. but... I guess YBN and Amir's got it yeah, too now. They take the clothes. Big use, big use tempted. <laughs> Not at all. We got some Fritos <laughs> out there and shit. Not at all. I'm, I'm looking at it like, that looks like what the is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah, yeah, I told you earlier, man, my mama told me say no. Say no to candy. I'm the best to say no to anything. Uh, yeah. 
I respect that. Yeah. And then, you know, we grew up in the no peel era. Right, which is now over. Which is now it's totally over. So blast. The shit is Dead eradicated. And it's over. Dead and gone. Look, sure. what kind of advice do you give your artists about stuff like drug use, moving around in these streets, etc.? I'm going to let them tell you. Shit, <laughs> let me tell you this. Uh... When I went to jail, it took me like a week just just to actually realize the situation I was in because I was so Fucked loaded. up on drugs? Just, just uh, is, is Xanax and juice, you yeah. know, but all oh, the duh. way, though, to the Your max. Your glasses is thick. <laughs> uh, he's telling the story. No. Anyway. <laughs> this guy's a comedian. <laughs> yeah, no idea. <laughs> so it took me like a week to really, like, sober up and realize the little little situation I was in. And, and then when I came home, I was still starting to drift towards that a little bit. Mm. And I tell you, ever since I started messing with Unc, I've been completely sober off anything hard for like four years. That's what's up. You feel me? Hell yeah. Which is he crazy. Looked, he had to, he looked, <laughs> you would be too if you had to look through this every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nah, but it's crazy because like, that was like one of the, the, the first things he ever told me. He's like, man, if if you gonna be involved in that? I'm, I'm, I'm not fucking with you. Like if you if you using it, but selling it, you know what I'm saying? Whatever, I ain't fucking with you. Watching <laughs> over a dope a dope addict is not fun. Nah, no, it's not. No. For sure not. So and it's, it's just really not a good use of your time. <laughs> no, the streets, nah. we in the studio all day. Like we we workers. Like we all in the studio. Like they be in the studio. I be in the studio. Like we we try to work on the best music. You know what I mean? To put that music out. So. The streets ain't. That's the last thing on our mind. We we trying to be in that lab and create that that West Coast fire. You know mm. what I mean? So for uh, for for me, I'm like I work hard. They work hard. Unc put us in those situations to where we can thrive, and we bringing it to the world. Mm. You know what I mean? That's what's up. Hell yeah. Yeah, we don't fuck around. Drugs yeah. are bad. And drugs, no. Say no to them. Oh, hell no. Say no. Okay. Yeah, I'm waiting wait on this one to say something. I'm waiting on this one to say something. Drugs are bad. Cannabis. That's my statement. That's all I got to say. <laughs> Does he let you guys smoke weed in the studio? It's what? Weed. Yeah, it's weed. Right? It's my weed. You might get a contact high. We ain't even a drug, bro. What if you get a contact high? No, you can't smoke lies in the studio. No, no. Yo, I have the sound. You can smoke some weed, though. Hey, I had some rappers come in here and be doing lines right before the interview, and I'm like, oh. Oh, y'all get it. Oh, y'all party. Oh, okay. You're on that time. Interesting. Yeah, different. Oh, no. Hold on now. Let's get this straight. Somebody at this table better not be saying they they're square. Who's not the square? Who's the square? Out with glasses. For sure, it's square. Yeah, well. <laughs> it's, yeah, it ain't me. You know what I'm saying? But I am the square. Right. But some of them, I like, I, boy, I like how you niggas he cleaned up. <laughs> niggas he got clean and they don't do nothing. It's like you're having a parent teacher conference. You're like, yeah, yeah I'm a good kid. Like, I'm a good yeah. kid. <laughs> Bro. That Zoom did fuck it up for us. Like, like we got to get we gotta get our shit together. Like, we uh, having a live, yeah, like, Zoom we school. had a teacher's conference. It, 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 okay, so watch this. Somebody going to be on this thing saying, he lying. <laughs> he just got hired. I just yeah. saw that nigga. He's lying. Yeah. He just sipped. Uh, okay, but anyway. Snitching is bad, too. That, that part. I don't get down. Snitching is wrong. Exactly. Wrong. See? Okay, yeah. we're getting close. You know what? The day I realized that some rappers aren't telling the truth when they tell you that they don't do drugs was, there was a day where like Famous Dex like, publicly quit lean a few years ago. Yeah. And it happened to be the first day that I ever went to the Sauce and Swap meet. <laughs> 
Guess who was in the parking lot buying some lean? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's some rappers are liars. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out Dex. Yeah. Exactly. Shout out Dex. Yeah, he just Shout out Five. So, Who's Five? What's your next song? <laughs> 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 Shout out Five. What's but, so and I wanted to say one thing before we uh, wrap this up or anything, too, is free C-Mac Veloke. Oh, yeah, man. Nightbug. He's just no, starting no. to catch a wave, man. How are they going to take him down just like that? You know? I just mean, seen him on the... I just seen him on uh, um, D Jack, mm. <laughs> D Jack uh, uh, live lifting weights. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, his I've workouts are amazing. Yeah, on the ground, doing yeah. the burpees, everything. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Get the Popeyes. Yeah, yeah. Five five special. <laughs> I learned how he made his breakfast the other day on Instagram, and it was just like a, a big thing of oats and some like sweetener. I was pretty hyped on that. Is, is he invited to the studio? Some who? Is yeah, he just he had is. some oats yeah, and some always, sugar. Yeah, he is. But, but, but hold on, hold on. Yeah, he, he ain't invited, but he, he did what? With some oats and sweetener. It was like he was showing his breakfast routine, and it was just like some oats and some, some sweetener. And it was just like, <laughs> it, it didn't really look like much of a breakfast, but he was saying that that's what he eats for breakfast. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's because Popeyes ain't open yet. Yeah. That's real. Me. Hey, had, did, his voice, did his voice really like that? I mean, if you watch his Instagram, it's a lot less, it's a lot more like low energy. Mm -hmm. And then the way he was on here was like mega high energy, but it mm -hmm. still kind of felt like a, a, a version of the same thing, you know? That's, uh, um, what's her name? It's Michelle. Uh huh. Remember Michelle? Yeah. yeah. That's, that, that was her voice. That sounds mm -hmm. like. I think when he get drunker, his shit go higher. Yeah. Oh, you've been around him before? Yeah. That's... He always got the old E in hand. He actually inspires me to eat Popeyes, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, it, like, it seems I more tempting because yeah, I'm watching him weeks, talk yeah, about how good it is and it yeah. kind of gets into my brain, dude. Like, he like their number they one salesman right now. Uh, Popeye, for real. They, they cast him out. Had them, them Popeye burgers, the sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. everybody went crazy over them. And he told me he, he'd been there all those times and he only had the apple pie. He never had the apple pie. I'm like, what? You didn't you gotta, have apple pie? Oh, I had apple pie like every time I went there. It's a bad habit. <laughs> it was a lot healthier eating at Popeye's before. Which one's I got better, it. McDonald's or, or Popeye's? Oh, man. I probably had the McDonald's one way more. I but I, I kind of like the, oh, fuck, I don't know. It's I got to have them both a few more times. It's, it, it, it was too hyped up for me. You know, when I had the sandwich, I was like, uh, yeah. "Oh, the chicken sandwich." Yeah, it was too hyped up. It was too much hype on it. Yeah, I remember when dudes were coming around trying to sell us Popeyes chicken sandwiches. It was like two days old for like twenty dollars. Niggas were slinging. They had them refrigerated and all that shit. It was a good time. Good time in history. I got a question. Oh, when is you? When is your song dropping? Oh, I've been been working for two years. On, on my one solo song? project. Oh, okay. Like Dr. Dre. Yeah. On my solo project. I've been working for two years on it. It's like the the detox and mm. then the relapse and then one more detox. You know what I mean? So we're on that stage right now. So two now. years. Who all you got on your project? I got uh, Mozzie, E40. I got a record out with E40 right now. That's why my voice is messed up because um, we were I just shooting a video. You're always like this. We, nah, we were okay. shooting a video all weekend and my boy got me yelling and. So we just wrapped the video up. Miles. I got uh, I got Mozzie on my album. My boy Job. Uh, I got a song with Ricky P. So mm. yeah, just working, man. Just trying to just make the best song that I can. You know what I mean? That's what's up. But Unk is the one that really A and R my record. Right. So like I like they said, I played it for him. He woke up. He woke up. He, he, he in my car. I picked him up. He woke up. He's like, "What's that?" We was in his front yard for 25 minutes. He like, hold on. He like, hold on, no. Yeah. You ain't leaving, you know what I mean? So we take it to OT. 
uh, Uncle OT A and R make like they made me a hit. Wow. So that's the story behind my my E40 record. Like went to the lab, uh, got us working a record, and next thing I know, I'm in a in a video with E40. Fuck yeah, that's amazing. You need music. Well, then and then Five came to me, and I'm like, Five, who you gonna get on your project? He said, nobody. Yeah, I don't really mm. want niggas on my... We got a lot of features already, so it'd be like, you feel me? You get to the point where you just want niggas to hear mm. some of your shit. Yeah. So That's make fine. sure everybody stream uh, that. You feel me? That. I hate when I want to go listen to a rapper for the first time and someone puts on a song with them and four other people. Yeah, man. Come on. No project don't got nobody I got Wiz on there and Snoop, but that's probably like, that's it. But the rest, I just... And, and you know, Smoke, but... I don't care. Like the oh. two songs, the three songs we got, what, what, what's the name of them? Uh, Free Hood Rich, Love Your Girl, and um, I did one with Wiz Artist, Young, Young Deji, um, called Ghost. The video I like that, that one. one too. Go uh, crazy. Yeah, you got to hear these. Songs. I got to hear it, yeah. Bro, these two, I'm well, trying to come like, to the studio. Let's go. You got like yeah, let's go. songs right now. Yeah, I'll pull up with AD. You guys want AD verse? I'm selling them for the low. Oh, for sure. I'm giving him 20% or whatever I get from you. So that's going to be good. I thought AD was going to be here. Uh, No, but we're doing your podcast with him. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm finna ask some ratchet (laughs) questions. Ooh, okay. When was the last time you slapped a motherfucker? You guys get me or him? You. I put a guy in a Why guillotine choke a couple years ago. <laughs> Where did the j- no jumper name come from? Gucci, bricks. Born mm. like an athlete, but got yeah, no, no jumper. jumper. Yeah. Mm. Oh. Damn. It's a metaphor for. How long have you been white? We black? getting money. Um, <laughs> how long no, you been white? DC Young Fly asked me if I was white or black. No, how long have you honor. been white, black? Like, oh. Define that. When did you like, cross over? Yeah, because, see, you understand the culture so well. well you are. Well, yeah. You're, you're going to regret saying that. And how, I'm using that against everybody who ever says anything to me. You said I understand the culture so yeah. fuck you. Yeah. yeah. My bad. That's oh, no. Uncover my that. Bad. We going we 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 to slow down on that. Because I just got to look. I just got to look. I just got to look to say you are no longer a big you. I'm like from the culture. I got to look from somebody over there like. What the fuck are you talking about? Um, they just looked at me like... Laura? Yes. Don't put any ideas in his head. She looked at yeah. me like, don't you ever say that again. Hmm. I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> and just, how many damn tattoos do you have, bro? A whole bunch, I guess. I just noticed I have one that says no future the other day. I'm like, damn. I forgot I got that like 20 years ago. When did you get your first tattoo? Look at that. 18? Yeah, Straight edge tattoo? Basically saying I'm never going to drink or smoke. You should get one. Oh, you should start claiming straight edge. That's a good so idea. So how did that go? What school did you go to? Nashua High School. Are you from here, California? No. From? <laughs> New Hampshire. Damn, New Hampshire? Yeah. you from New Hampshire? Yeah. New Hampshire. What? How the fuck did you get here? That's a very good question. So well. But that, that's the thing is you're, you're from a place where it matters so much where you're from, yeah. and I'm from a place nobody's ever even heard of. Right. Yeah. It's wild. a weird Boston. dynamic. That's wild. <laughs> Especially in LA, it's all about where you're from. I like from. the initials, though. You from um, NH. NH. No yeah, homo. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, and yeah. No homo. <laughs> <laughs> no homo. <laughs> <laughs> the interview's over, bro. The interview's over. What the fuck? What the time is doing up, man? What the hell? It's up from no homo. Hey, man. What the fuck? Hey, man. What the fuck? 
nobody Yo. beat that. He didn't get the memo. Right. It's the end of the age, man. At least say Nipsey Hustle. Oh, yeah, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Like, what the hell? <laughs> to be fair, I knew about No Homo yeah. way before I knew about Neighborhood. He takes back yeah. his previous. Yeah. Again, yeah. I am from yeah. the yeah. yeah. So that comment makes sense. Yo, yeah, yeah. Yo, comment, you don't have no goddamn coaches. That's the best way I can imagine to end this. He has no culture in the interview. Was over. It's like, over. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> and he pulled up with a red shirt on in hey, the way. Big you, I am not in the gang, so I, you know I'm very, very diplomatic. I don't know about any of this crazy gang lexicon. It doesn't make sense to me. And a lexicon yeah. is a dictionary. Dedicting. Yeah. That's yeah. good. Well, I, I busted that out because I know you got a pretty good vocab as yes, well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. I'm gonna be laughing about that for years. Sure. Was that <laughs> just that exchange that, was, that we just yeah, had? Yeah, I like the initial. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it was yeah, like. You really what? could at least win Nipsey Hussle, though. Yeah, like, tell him, at least go hustle. At least go hustle. I full white boy out of nowhere. From New Hampshire. Wait a minute. And bro just got his Look, he just got his tattoo at 18. Damn. Is that your first time having sex, too? No, I might have been 17 on that one. Prove it, bro. You know, cut my dick open and count the rings like a tree or something? I don't know how you're going to do that. Maybe you might need her to do it. I don't know, bro. If you got your first tattoo at 18, you probably only got your first tattoo at 18. Is that bad? You're supposed to get a tattoo before that? No, you're supposed to get something before that. Oh, yeah. I definitely lost my virginity before I got a tattoo for sure, yeah. Although it might have been kind of close. What was her name? I'm not gonna air her out. She got a life. But that's what y'all do. Like on these interviews, y'all air people's shit out. Not the girl I had so sex with when I was 17. <laughs> She's 17. You got a whole nother girl now, bro. You don't give a damn about her. Her kids are your her kids are your age. You're I mean, right. That's the problem. Uh, 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 watch it. There's yeah. probably oh, enough that's... girls in New Hampshire named Melissa that nobody's gonna be able to figure out which one it was. Right. Right. Shout out to Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for ushering me into the age of intercourse. <laughs> Shout out Melissa. Shout out Melissa. Hey, look. And every hey, look. Melissa out there. Big you shouting out the girl. Oh, you too. That was solid. On YouTube, it's going to say uh, Big U asks yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam the question. And Melissa, who's Melissa? Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. We must find Melissa. Yes, sir. We got to talk to her. And if uh, if there's any girls who had sex with Big U in the 80s who wants to come on here and talk about it, that'd be fine as well, yeah. I was knocking them down. <laughs> or if you got if you got knocked out by the roller ring, slide in my DMs. I was knocking them down, dog. Yo. I had a Jerry curl. I wasn't old and wrinkled. Right. I was knocking them down, dog. Hard. And also, Big U wants all the kids out there to know that he's uh, going to buy you some Chrome Hearts, what everybody. Hell? He's got a, a scholarship fund to buy Chrome Hearts for yeah. kids out there. Yeah. That's where I got mine from. <laughs> chrome Hearts. Wow. Amazing. For everyone. Thank you guys so much for coming in. For yeah, sure, yeah. bro, bro. Means Thank a lot. You. Thank you. Much respect. Big U, massive respect. Everybody go watch Hip Hop Uncovered. Yes, yeah, sir. Hip Hop Uncovered. Great way to spend a couple hours. We saw you in Miami. Oh yeah, he ran off from it. I rolled loud and yeah. he took off on us. Oh, I think I, I, think I, I don't think I made this nah, motion. You, nah. <laughs> I think you thought we was gonna rob you or something. You was walking fast. He was walking real he was walking like a real white man. Yeah? Yeah. Y'all didn't even let him shout the music out. 
Y'all want to talk about when Adam ran. Now they punked me out, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I remember that weekend, though. There was why a guy. Did, hey, here's the thing. Why did Adam run? Story. Yeah. Why did Adam no, run? No, not why did Adam yeah. run. Why did Adam ran? Yeah. I don't really, like, the, the walking super fast through a crowd thing is more about, like, I don't want to stop and take photos, so I'm going to just walk so nobody can even talk to me. Mm. Survival mechanism. I seemed like the energy was getting uh, out of town. Nice. Next time, Big U's gonna be watching my ass. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. not watching your ass. Watching. <laughs> not watching. Get it. 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 Get we gotta have a Go joke on. with Adam. Adam, come on, Adam. <laughs> We're gonna go beat my ass in the alley. Man. Big U and the gang. Shout out No Jumper, coolest podcast in the world. Check us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, like, comment, subscribe. No Jumper if you wanna support. NoJumper.com if you wanna support. Big U, we gotta get you on the Kandama. Yeah, don't get him started on the Kandama. Mm, every I mean, night in the studio, he's gonna stop sleeping. All right. He'll be Kandama in and out. Appreciate you guys.